0: Good morning, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, September 20th, 2015. My name is Larry, and I'm uh, your moderator this morning. The share ID for Friday, September 18th, is 8007. That's 8007. And this morning, A Vision for You presents a story of hope. If there's one thing that this practical program of action provides us with, it's It's hope. And uh, in in the forward to the fourth edition, the big book reminds us that in any meeting across this globe, those of us that have taken these steps and experienced a vital transformational experience share our experience, strength, and hope with each other. And in doing this, we stay sober and help other people with our affliction. You know, in in the chapter, there is a solution. On page 29, it says, our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages and we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. Joining us today is Penny E., a recovered compulsive overeater from joy from New Jersey. Penny is committed to living a 12-step way of life and carrying the message of recovery and so, Penny, I, I just welcome you on the line, and thanks so much for sharing this morning. Penny?
1: Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Am I unmuted?
0: You are. I can hear you. You're coming through loud and clear. Thanks, Penny.
1: This is a wonderful thing. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And what I'd like to say, really, is God morning, God morning. And if you're listening from a place where it's not morning, God day. God day. I am not shy on these matters of prayer and God. Oh, so where do I begin? This is a, you know, Leah asked me what I wanted to talk about. And I really said I want to talk about what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, And a story of hope, a story of transformation. I am a totally different person than what I was when I walked into these rooms over 30 years ago. I'll start by saying that my recovery date, the date that I put down food and started to study and work the 12-step program, is November 28, 1988. Uh, It's 26 years, through the grace of God, that I haven't had the need to pick up food uh, and that I've been studying the big book, really, um, and learning how to live this way of life. I found out that no matter how old I get and how long I stay recovered, there's always more to learn, always more and more and more to learn. I'm maintaining, uh, you know, these are the numbers. These are interesting numbers for those of us on the line, for most of us. I'm maintaining over 100-pound weight loss. Uh, I was 237 pounds when I walked into the room. I was depressed. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of myself. I had no neck. My shoulders went right into my neck. I was unbathed. I was depressed, I didn't want to go anywhere, Um, suicide looked like a step up. And um, I I first want to say, I was so nervous, so, so, so nervous. Over the years, I have told my story a million times, a million times. And I don't do very much preparation, but for some reason, this particular talk, I prepared, I prepared, I prepared, and I was so nervous. I couldn't even remember. I had sheets of paper all over in the bathroom and where I eat. You know, don't forget to say this. Don't forget to say this. And what I had to do was work my program, to work the steps. I was full of fear, 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 fear. I spoke to a dear friend last night, and she said, you know, let's do a 10-step. So I took a look at the fear. I took a look at the fear. It wasn't the situation that I'm going to be talking today to, I don't know what, 5, 10, 500 people, I don't know. It was really that I had perfectionism. You know, I wanted to be perfect. I had um, people pleasing. I wanted to please everybody on the line. You know, I want to remember what page this is on. I had low self-esteem. I'm not a teacher of the big book like a lot of other people on this line, you know. I had all these character defects going on. And as soon as I was able to take the sixth step and the seventh step, being entirely ready to have God remove these defective characters, and I got on my knees, take them, God, please, take them. Fill me with trust in you. I heard on this line somewhere, you never know where you're going to hear something that changes your life. A speaker by the name of Robin around three years ago, and you can find her talk on our website, Uh, talked about, I'm yours and I trust you. I'm yours and I trust you. So I just prayed, God, please put the words in my mouth that I am supposed to say. So we'll put that aside. Okay. So where was I? Um, I have been transformed, absolutely transformed. I walked into these rooms. Well, let me start with this. Let me start with this. Once I get started, I think I'll be a little bit more uh, calm too. I want to start by saying, you know, the first step, I had to admit that I was powerless and that my life had become unmanageable. And I wrote down some of the things that I did to control my food, to control the weight, to get into a normal body size. Um, As a kid, my parents took me to a pediatrician, and they gave me appetite depressants. I went to a diet doctor when I was age 12. And from the office, they dispensed amphetamines, diuretics, metabolism pills, uh, all kinds of pink, yellow, red pills. And I very early on got the sense, this was 12 years old, that losing weight felt good. My whole life, I was always told that life would be good if you were in a normal body size, you know? Um, As I grew older, I tried MetroCal. If you're old enough as I am to remember MetroCal, somebody's always shaking their head. I had shots of women's urine in my thigh. I don't know where that came from, but we did that back then. I went to, you know, that big uh, Weight Watchers Club uh, where they have speakers and leaders and so on and so forth, and I had a pin with, I don't know, 100 carats of diamonds on it, in and out, in and out, in and out. My father had this... Incredible thing. He thought he could tell, give me if if you lose weight, Penny. If you lose weight, I will give you anything you want. The Taj Mahal. I'll give you a car. I'll give you a a, a wardrobe. I'll give you whatever you want. It never worked. They sent me to psychiatrists. I went to a spa, a Harbor Island Spa, and there I began to steal food from the. From the kitchen with a friend of mine that I met there, I had my jaws wired shut. That has got to work. It didn't. I sucked in all kinds of stuff. I actually spoke at a diet workshop. It was a takeoff on the other big one. Excuse me here. That was a takeoff on the other uh, big weight loss program. And I binged before I went to, uh, spoke, and I binged on my way out. Um, I had the geographic cure. I've done my research. I've got a PhD here. I did the cure, uh, the geographic cure. I moved to Chicago and tried to be in love and found that they had food in Chicago too, such a concept. Therapists, antidepressants. I took awareness programs, LifeSpring, something similar to EST. Um, eating disorder therapists. I tried the wonderful world of laxatives, the wonderful world of IPPAC, and I was in, sh- in uh, treatment two times I don't even know if I said that I am Penny E from South Jersey not to be confused with Penny C from New England Boston people get us confused all the time we were told that we sound alike and as a result of that I'm a good friend with her um okay so let's see where I am now So that's that's a little bit of uh, my history. I was powerless. I knew that I was powerless. Everybody said you have such a beautiful face. You should just stop eating. You will be terrific. My life was unmanageable. Suicide looked like a step up. I wanted to kill myself. I knew that I could not live with the food, and I could not live without the food. Nobody understood that. They just said, use willpower. Use willpower. I heard uh, somebody on this line said, somebody said to me, put a picture of a model on your refrigerator. That'll work. You know, come on. But I did. I had some people say that to me. Uh, Nobody understood. Nobody understood. So I walked into these rooms, as I said, 30 years ago, and my life has not been the same since. I was what they called a 90-day wonder. I was always a good dieter. I always followed the rules. Um, I was good. I got skinny in, in two and a half seconds, and in less than a year, I was chairperson of a retreat. I was speaking all over the world, not really, but I was speaking all over. People looked up to me. Uh, You know, it was all about the diet, all about the normal body size. And I was skinny. I was about 15 pounds thinner than I am now. I didn't know that I also had a problem with alcohol and drugs. Didn't know that. Uh, And uh, I've heard, you know, so much of what I say I've heard from somebody else. But I also heard somebody say, I haven't met an addiction yet that I haven't fallen in love with. So uh, I took that first bite. I did not know. I didn't know a lot of things that the big book went on to teach me. I did not know that I had a disease, that I had an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. I did not know that. I had no idea. So I picked up that first bite and began to gain weight very, very, very quickly. Excuse me, and I ended up in treatment in the hospital for the very first time. It was back in the day i don 't even know what year it was. My anniversary date is eighty eight uh, i've been sober since eighty six i don 't know what year I was in treatment. It was a long time ago and It was beautiful. I took a bathing suit. We had a hot tub. I put the food down. You know, they talked about the steps. And I read them. You know, I studied them. I never put them into practice. I never lived them. I missed the piece in the big book that said this is a way of life. This is a way of life. This is not something I do just when I have a wedding to go to. This is not something I do when I have a bar mitzvah to go to. This is not something I do when I have a high school reunion. This is a way of life, like the Amish. They are Amish 24-7, 365 days a year. And my disease was such that I needed that type of a commitment. I ate. 24-7, 24-7, 365 days a year. I forgot to tell you that uh, my disease took me to a place where I wanted to kill myself. I did say that. But what I didn't tell you is that my disease took me to a place where wanting to kill myself and took me to a place where killing my parents first looked like a good idea. Now, I never got close. I never got close to it, but the thought occurred. Now, that's insanity. That's insanity. The only reason I thought that was because I didn't want to kill myself and leave myself, leave my parents in grief. Leave my parents in grief. They were lovely parents, they did the best they could. I didn't realize at that time that they were smack dab in the middle of addictions. My father was a compulsive gambler, lost the house, lost the car, lost everything. My mother was a major compulsive overeater and, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm a, I'm a compulsive overeater because I had this disease. So now I lost my, my trend of thought again. I will do that, but I will find myself. So, okay. Um, Talking about the first step, unmanageability. Okay, walked into my first. uh, Okay, I'm in treatment, in treatment. And um, they didn't tell me it's a way of life. I didn't get it. I came out, I had another two years of abstinence, doing very well, dating. All of a sudden, the world of dating. One of the things that escaped me my whole life was relationships, especially with men. I was fat, I couldn't be loved. Nobody would ever love me, and I became a career woman. I, I was a great worker, and all of a sudden, I was where I am again. I'll get it, kids. I'll get it. So, uh, went into treatment for the second time. For the second time, I went into treatment, and something happened there to me. Something happened. They, I got it. I heard somebody say, this is one of those things, you know, there's got choreography of God. Somebody said, I don't want the pain anymore. I don't want the pain anymore. And my ears perked up. I don't want the pain anymore. And they were very, very big book oriented. I'm slapping my hand here. Big book oriented. Uh, It's in the big book. Now I'm going to go off the topic here a little bit, so I'll try and remember where I was when I come back, but um, I always say that we are so lucky to have this big book. It's our inheritance. It is our inheritance. If I wanted to know how to stay sober, accident, drug-free, who would I call? Who do you want to call? I want to call Bob and Bill, right? So I call Bob and Bill, and I ask them to meet me at Starbucks and tell me I want to know How is it that you do this? Tell me. Let me hug you. Let me hold your hands. Let me rub your head. You know, let me get it. Let me get it. And they say, don't worry, because we have written it down for you. We have given you, word by word, precise directions. Precise directions in this big book. It's yours. We love you. We're reading this for you. This is your inheritance. I recently shared that at a meeting, and somebody said, they, they, their socks would roll or whatever if they saw the price of coffee today. You know, if box saw the price of coffee today, they might not have uh, planned their meetings around coffee pots. But anyway, so be it. Okay, so where was I? Um, see, I do that. Okay, so for the second time, and they were very big book oriented. And I established a relationship with a higher power that started an incredible journey. It started an incredible transformation for me. Absolutely. I have been restored to sanity today. And when we go to the second step, uh, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I I say a prayer before my uh, meals. And what my prayer says is, thank you, God, for this food. Thank you that it's the same amount. You know, I don't eat the entire box of anything anymore, you know, I don't eat all 12, I don't eat, you know, I just don't do that, my food is weight and measured, thank you God, it's the same selection, I don't eat from the only food group I used to eat from, or two, sugar, flour, whatever, I eat from all the food groups now. My selections are sane. I eat at a sane time today. I don't eat in the middle of the night. I don't eat five minutes after I get up from the table. I don't eat just because I passed a Wawa. If you don't know what a Wawa is, there are convenience stores here in South Jersey, maybe East. I no longer, I, I thank you, God, that I eat in the same place today. I no longer eat in my car. I no longer eat in the bathroom trying to hide from somebody. I no longer eat in the supermarket and, and so nobody can see me. You know, I'm not worried about stealing. Forget about stealing. I didn't want anybody to see me, put anything into my mouth, you know. Thank you, God, I eat today in the same reason. It's mealtime such a concept my body needs fueling such a concept i don't eat today because i'm angry i'm selfish i'm dishonest i'm fearful been restored to sanity today i have same thoughts about the food before i eat you know thank you god this is a beautiful abstinent food plan for me you know i follow it i've been following it for years i weigh and measure my food um, I don't have to worry, is it too much, is it too little? Same thinking, thank you, God, for this meal. I have same thinking while I'm eating it. Thank you, God, during my eating. This is delicious food. Thank you, God, but this is, you know, not sugar. It's not flour. It's a beautiful piece of fish. It's a beautiful, you know, bowl of salad. Thank you, God. And after I eat, this is a big one, too. I've been restored to sanity. No guilt no shame no more that's the last time i'm going to do that you know i i I swear that's the last time i'm going to do i don't do that anymore i'm also maintaining a same body size that's incredible for me if you're on this line i don't know let me just say talk for me okay i never to keep a normal body size for more than one second. As soon as I reached that number that I thought was okay, I rewarded myself, I'm just going to have one. I'm just going to have one. I didn't know. I did not know about the uh, doctor's opinion. I didn't know about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. I didn't know. So I would have one and then was absolutely flabbergasted when I found the whole package gone and I was on my way to the Wawa to get 12 more. I was flabbergasted. So I'm maintaining normal body size for 27, 28 years. I look good in clothes. I actually like what I look in clothes. It's uh, I don't even know what size I wear. Sometimes it's a 4, sometimes it's a 6, sometimes it's an 8. But I don't have to go to the Lane Bryants and the Romans. I don't know if you remember those, but that's where I had to go. And I was ashamed of those blue bags. I had to come out of there. Uh, thank you, God, for that. But I've also been restored to sanity with the obsession of the mind. That is, that's that's uh, 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 sanity as far as the allergy of the body goes. I am not ingesting or I'm not eating anything that I am allergic to. I am also allergic to uh, what is it? The quantity There used to be a saying in our area, it's not the extra stream bean that counts. I don't know how it went. <laughs> My memory's not too good. I'm sixty five now and when I get home at the end of the day I say thank you God that I remembered how to get home, you know? But anyway, it was something about the extra stream bean. It's this decision. It's not the extra stream bean that I eat. That's the problem. It's the decision to eat it. And I can go into the allergy of the body with behaviors, just an extra piece of food, stream bean, a piece of apple. I can do that. You know, I don't eat standing up. I don't eat in my car, so on and so forth. But what I'm trying to say here now is I've been restored to sanity regarding the obsession of the mind. You know, the character defects, um, that I step into so often, like dog do, like dog do, and it sticks to my shoe, and it smells terrible, and I keep trying to wipe it off and wipe it. You can't get it off. You can't get it off. You almost have to throw out the shoe. Well, that's what my resentments are like to me. I step in it. I'm angry at this person. I'm angry at that person, and the only thing I had to do was to eat that that ease of comfort, that ease and comfort, just. Took it away. Took it away. When I'm selfish, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in my girlfriend's wedding because I don't want to be the fat bridesmaid. You know, selfish, selfish. I step and dog do. The obsession of the mind. I can, I can eat it. I'm just going to have one. It's not going to hurt me. Nobody's going to, I'm only going to have one. Cross my heart and hope to die. And the fears, you know, those fears, uh, Any of that stuff is the insanity. Today I have a plan. I have a plan of what to do with those character defects. The obsession of the mind is eradicated. It's lifted because I live this program one day at a time. I also want to say that I've been doing it a long time. And there's something to say about experience. There's something to say about being 65 years old. Uh, You know, I have a lot of experience with this. And it works. It's a true work. What am I trying to say? I guess I'm trying to say my spiritual maturity. My spiritual maturity changes. Each day I live and each day I have a challenge. We used to call them a fine growth opportunity. Another ASCO. Another fine growth opportunity. Each time I step into that dog deer, each time I have a resentment, I have selfishness, dishonesty, or fear. Um, It's another fine growth opportunity. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Show me the blessings. Show me the blessings. So, okay, so I have a little bit of an outline here. So that takes me to the third step. Um, The third step, the third step. Um, It was only a decision. I want to say that probably about 13 years ago, I'm in another 12-step program. Let me look at the clock here. Okay. Um, I'm in another 12-step program, and about 12 years ago, more than that, I got into a Sunday morning 7.30 a.m. meeting, third-step meeting. We studied the third step. We talked about the third step. People talked about how they used the steps to to live, you know, turning their will and their life over to the care of God. We did it. I did it every Sunday with my husband. I also want to say that I met the love of my life. Here I go all over the place. I, I do uh, go all over the place. But I met the love of my life, Richard, um, when I was, I don't know, I was... 40 years old, 65 now. Uh, we we had been childhood sweethearts. He was the first man I ever kissed, first boy I ever kissed at 12 years old. He went on to uh, build his story. A couple wives, a couple families, a couple prisons, many drugs, many foods, so on and so forth. But God, in his ultimate wisdom, put us together. <clears throat> it's a long story. I don't know that I'll have time or should even tell here. But we got together in Florida, and uh, he became my husband, my first husband. And we were the dream team. We were the dream team. We spoke all over. They flew us for this retreat out to Oregon. I mean, we just did. And uh, we knew a lot about the big book. We were blessed in nineteen ninety three to take a cruise without booze and Joe and Charlie were on the ship and we studied the big book in the Caribbean, going through the that channel, whatever it is. And so we were big book floppers. We thought, I thought I knew a lot. A lot of people called me, called him, Where is this? Where is that? You know, um Again, I'm all over here, but you guys will stick it together. So anyway, um, searched, at, but I I learned when I came into a telephone meeting, a telephone meeting. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, guys. But the story, a story of hope. It's a story of hope, and I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> um, I got onto a telephone meeting a few years ago, quite a few years ago. And I began to hear the study of the big book like I'd never heard it before, ever. I was blown away, blown away, blown away. And I began to understand that I knew nothing. Very humbling for me, humbling, humbling, humbling. And that meeting went into another meeting, which is now the vision for you. And I've really been studying the big book for a long time and uh, just amazed by it. So if you're new on the phone, please keep coming back and have an open mind. The big book is where it's at. Okay, so the third step, uh, made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God. Well, just looking at my notes here, I will tell you... um, in Walking the Steps, that tells us, in order to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, I need to go on and work the steps. And the big book says, oh, I'm going, to, I'm going to go to a page here, 85, page 85, I love this. It's really specific, the big book. It's really specific. It says it's easy, well, it's easy to let up on our spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. It's easy to forget. You know, it's easy to go out of the house and say I didn't have time to pray and meditate. Well, the truth of the matter is I have never once gone out of the house without my clothes on or without my shoes on. I have never once got into the car and said, oh, my gosh, I didn't put my clothes on. I always have the time. I mean, how does that happen? I always have the time. Never once has that happened, but I have many, I don't do it anymore, I haven't done it for years, but I have been able to say I didn't have time. Somebody told me, you can figure this out for you mathematicians, that there's 96 15-minute units in a day, 96, and if I can't find one 15-minute or 10-minute or three-minute day out of that, then something's wrong. My priorities are messed up. But here's what I, here's on page 85. It's, it's just really clear. It says we're headed for trouble. Action, messing all of We are headed for trouble, if we do, for alcohol. Food is a subtle foe. So. It's just sitting there waiting like Little Red Riding Hood in, in uh, the wolf and Little Red Riding Hood clothes. We're not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve, one day at a time, contingent. Contingent is, I have to do this. It's not going to happen unless I do this. Contingent. Contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Now, I did not know, not only didn't I know that I was suffering from a disease, an allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, but I did not know that the solution was spiritual. I didn't know that. How could I not know that? But I did not know that. It says here, um, every day is a day when we must, the word must, every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all. All. You know, what part of all do I understand? Of all of our activities how can I best serve thee? Now, here's Bill and Bob. They're sitting across from us. They might even be in our back seat if we don't want to go for coffee. Maybe they're in the back seat. We're riding to a meeting. Thy will not mine be done. These are thoughts which must. They must. I mean, I can't, I can't give, you know, it's self-explanatory. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. Constantly, it says. You might be a little surprised to know that I'm compulsive and a little compulsive and obsessive. And this big book that I have, many years ago, I started to um, put paper clips, you know, horizontally, where every sentence that referred to God or a spiritual solution or anything dealing with the spiritual solution on the first 164 pages, and I have. Close to 100. I have close to 100. I wish I could take a picture and just shoot that all out to you because it's dramatic. <laughs> I like to be dramatic. Um, it's dramatic. I mean, it's over and over and over again. It's a spiritual solution, and this is what we're supposed to do. So I will say this. I'm just going to give some uh, Uh, examples is the word of how I do work this program every single day and I have been transformed I am transformed I I just am I'm happy I am joyous I am free I wake up full of gratitude I make a gratitude list every single day I do talk to my sponsor every single day uh, I, have, I have the same sponsor now for 21 years. I write like, down yeah, my food every day. I commit it every day. When she's not home, she's a traveler, I call somebody else. Uh, and I can I talk about gratitude, talk about gratitude. And here's an exercise, if any of you want to do it. Uh, somebody gave it to me one day when I was feeling a little self-pity. And she said to take lined paper, lined paper like a uh, legal pad, And just write down 1 to 100, 1 to 100, and make a stream of consciousness gratitude list. Instead of concentrating, instead of meditating on, you know, what's wrong, she said this, I don't like this, I'm angry, but meditate on, thank you, God. Thank you, God, my toilet flush today. Thank you, God, my body works today. Thank you, God. I got into my car, and my car started today. I mean, it's so easy to get a hundred things of gratitude, and it's a great way to practice, practice, practice. It doesn't give us much time to meditate on the negativity. Instead, my head is full of the positive. So, anyway, here we go. I I I digress again. Uh, Looking at the clock. Okay. Many years ago, my mother passed away. I was, in this, I was in recovery. I was in recovery, early recovery, you know, um, not as mature as I, as I grow to be, as I grow to be. And whatever little um, inheritance my brother and I had, and it was very little, believe me, we fought over it like cats and dogs. And here I am, a woman, who must live these principles In all my affairs he was making decisions based on the fact that he was married I wasn't he had children I wasn't and I ended up calling a lawyer it was not pretty it was not pretty he only lived about five miles from me and I was finding that I was not wanting to go to that area where he lived I was hiding I didn't want to be involved with him He, uh, when he handed me the three cents or the five cents that was mine as far as my mother's estate went, he said to me, as far as I'm concerned, Penny, you died when mother died. And I lived with that for a little bit, but it was like duty on my shoe. I couldn't kick it off. It was horrible, absolutely horrible. And I realized also through this program that a lot of times the people that I am most resentful at, are the ones that I owe the biggest amends to. It's a spiritual principle It works for me. I don't know. I don't understand it, but it just does. And um, so what happened was I prayed. I prayed, prayed, prayed. And I wrote a letter of amends. I did not know that he was ever going to accept it. I didn't know. But I did know that I had to clean up my side of the street. And I took a look. I was so angry. I was meditating on how angry he was. I would tell you how wrong he was. But when I started to take a look at my part, when I did that turnaround, oof, it was ugly. I was full of fear I wasn't going to get what I deserved. I was full of fear that um he was going to make decisions. My my, my low self-esteem, he was the older brother, he was going to make decisions. I was full of greed, greed. Oh, these are ugly. This was dog do all over two pairs of shoes. You know, I was full of greed. I wanted, 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 wanted. I wanted mine. I wanted mine. What's more important for me today, you know, I learned this too. Do I want to be right? Do I want to have what I want? Or do I want peace? Do I want peace? This is a way of life for me today. Peace is my goal. Peace is a, my goal. I have an ulterior motive today. The ulterior motive is I don't want to pick up food. I don't even want to get close to it. I want to recoil as if from a hot flame like I do. I, I, I don't desire food. If they told me I was going to die uh, in 15 minutes, I would not pick up food. What I probably would do is I would call my sponsor and say, I am going to die in 15 minutes. I'd like to move my absolute weight and measured meal up a little bit. I don't want to miss a meal. I don't want to miss a meal. Okay. So I thought, again, again, <laughs> I hope you're laughing. Um, okay. So the, oh, the amends letter. I wrote a letter. And I was told to talk about me. I am so sorry that I was so greedy. I was, I'm was so sorry, Ron, you know, that because of my behavior, I've lost all of you, you know. I'm so sorry that I was full of fear I wasn't going to get what I needed. And um, I sent it off, this is years ago, um, with a, uh, a receipt. I needed to get a receipt. And I let it go. I let God, you know, this is it. This is this was it. Just let it go. I did what I had to do. I was really sorry. I was really sorry. The poopy was off my shoe. The poopy was off my shoe, regardless of whether he accepted it or not. And uh, I guess a few days later, I got a phone call. My husband had picked up the call. And he said, It's your brother. Oh my gosh, it's your brother. And uh, we talked. We talked. And he said, It took a lot of guts. To write what you write, wrote, he said he admired me, and uh, he came over to my house, and um, he's in my life today, let me say that. He's in my life today. We're very different. Uh, I try not to judge him, because when I judge how wrong he is, I step in that poopy again. <laughs> I step in that poopy again, and I don't want it. So he is in my life. I can tell him that I love him, and I mean it, and his family is in my In my life again today I'm grateful for that I will tell you that I do pray and meditate every single day I don't skip the older I get the more time I have and it has increased it has increased my husband and I used to roll out of bed together and pray on our knees before we did anything else we did the same thing at night uh, I pray when I eat, I pray, you know, I go into the bathroom, I put down paper towels in the, uh, when I was working, you know, please God, remove this judgmentalness from me, please God, remove this low self-esteem, you know, uh, I work it, I use it, I use it, and it works, it works, it works, it works. But this is the most dramatic story of all, and um, this is, uh, this is the most dramatic story of all. And that is that I am a widow. My husband is deceased. My husband was killed in a motorcycle accident in 2004. He was my, uh, what's it called when, he, when this is the guy you're supposed to be with? I forget what it's called. Uh, he was the guy I was supposed to be with. And um, in God's infinite wisdom, his perfect perfect choreography he didn't put me with Richard when we first kissed at age 12 he waited till I was 40 39 he put us together in a uh in Florida I told you that and he lived in South Carolina geographically inconvenient he worked he was just coming he was only a few years sober and was not in recovery with the food at all. He was gigantic. He was three hundred pounds. And I was slim and trim and, you know, doing wonderful stuff and so on and so forth. So uh he lived in South Carolina. He worked at a college university bookstore. I needed a rich husband. You know, I needed a rich husband. My father used to say, Rich or poor, it's nice to have money. <laughs> Richard for it's nice to have money. Well, in God's great, great sense of humor, He gave me a husband by the name of Rich. Rich, everybody called him Rich. Be careful what you pray for. Uh, I called him Richard, and he went home from Florida to South Carolina. I went home to New Jersey. He was not an option for me because he wasn't rich. He wasn't. He was still eating. But the long story short, we got together. He got into Overeaters Anonymous. He recovered. Um, and I told you, we we went all over, speaking AA, OA. We were a dynamic duo. We really were. But uh, anyway, um, so we got this motorcycle. We had a great life together. We prayed. We meditated. We cooked. We ate. We went to the supermarket together. It was fabulous. We didn't drink together. We had a great life. He was my soulmate. Soulmate, soulmate, soulmate is the word. And we get this motorcycle, and uh, it was a lot of fun for us, very spiritual, took great trips, went cross-country, took six weeks cross-country with a gigantic cooler on the back. He hooked up this whole big thing with canned carrots and canned stream beans and canned tuna fish and canned little things of applesauce so we could be abstinent wherever we were with our scales uh, we went cross-country with this, picnicking with, you know, all over with our weight and measured food. It was incredible. And then um, November, I don't know what it was, May something, we took off for South Carolina. And we were visiting, going to visit his daughter. My stepchildren are in South Carolina, and my grandchildren. And we were headed towards South Carolina. And... Um, I didn't tell you that Richard's health was deteriorating. His health was deteriorating. You know, thank you God. uh, Today I know, thank you God, thank you God, because it's the—that's my mantra. Thank you God, no matter what, no matter what, thank you God, because even if even if it's horrible, even if it's the worst thing possible, like my husband being killed on a motorcycle accident, thank you God, show me the blessings. Show me the blessings. Thank you, God. If I truly turn my will and my life over to the care of God, thank you, God. Thank you, God. So we're, we're on this trip, and I don't know that his, his his health was deteriorating. He had congestive heart failure. He had hepatitis C. I've been talking forty five minutes already. I can't believe it. I didn't know if I was going to be able to talk a half hour. Anyway, I I'll finish this part of the story and I will end. But uh, he was he. he He was depressed. He was on all kinds of medication for hepatitis C that made him uh, depressed. He had several bypass surgery, congestive heart failure. And he said to me, anybody who's had congestive heart failure, like his parents, have always died before the age of 60. And so here we are in this motorcycle accident. God is so good. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember. I was with him. I don't remember any fear. I don't remember any danger. All I remember is waking up in an ambulance, in an ambulance. I was hearing, hearing, hearing the ambulance going, and I'm thinking, is this real? Am I dreaming? I knew Richard's presence was gone. I knew his presence was gone. I knew he wasn't with me. And we did everything together. If I could have sat on the toilet with him, I would have sat on the toilet with him. But he was not in this ambulance with me and uh, I was going in and out of consciousness, in and out of consciousness, and I said <laughs> I said to them when I woke up, I somehow knew something was wrong, and I said, I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. I cannot have sugar. I cannot have sucrose drip. I'm a recovering drug addict, an alcoholic. I cannot have narcotics. <laughs> I said it. They told me I said it, and I'm in and out, in and out, in and out of... Uh, consciousness, uh, I get into the emergency room, and again, I have no memory of any accident, but I knew something at this point had seriously happened, and the people running all over me, running all over me, i running all over me, and I'm saying, where's my husband, where's my husband, and one nurse yells at me, and she says, we're helping you, we don't know about your husband, yells at me, and then all of a sudden, this man comes in, through the grace of God, through the grace of God, God's infinite choreography and thank you God thank you God thank you God and he says to me does your husband have any religious affiliation well I've been around long enough I've seen enough shows movies and TVs to know that that's not a good sign you know they probably want to give him last rites and I said to him my husband is Jewish I said but he has a great relationship with God would you pray with him and he said, yes. And I said, I don't even know what your name is. What is your, I don't know what to call you, father, or I don't know what to call you. And he said, my name is Richard. Ugh, that's my husband's name. So about a year after that happened, I did call the hospital and I, conf- I talked to him. And he said, yes, his name is Richard. But anyway, um, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I was yelling and raising my arms in the emergency room. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm not kidding. This is true. Thank you, God. Show me the blessings. Show me the blessings. And I I don't think anybody finally did tell me he was deceased, but they did tell me that my friends, my OA and AA friends who got the call, got on a plane from Philadelphia to... Uh, I keep looking at the clock. Philadelphia to uh, South Carolina, Georgia, actually. I don't know where they flew to. In a mile of three hours, Of course, them $500, $600. They had jobs, they had families. Three of them got on a plane, came down to help me because they knew I needed help. And they walk into the room at 2 a.m., and guess what they say? <laughs> guess what they say? She's a recovering compulsive overeater. She can't have sugar. She's a recovering um, uh, alcoholic and drug addict. She can't have narcotics. They must have thought we were crazy. But in the meantime, I'm praying. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I was in the Bible Belt. They sent all kinds of people into pray with me. And the choreography of God, again, is unbelievable. I mean... So many miracles happen from that that I really don't have time to tell you, but the spiritual part I do want to tell you is thank you, God. Thank you, God. Show me the blessings. Show me the blessings. Immediately, immediately, I went into that. I was practicing for years. I was practicing, practicing. God was getting me ready for this big performance, the biggest one. This was, I don't know what. And... um, Show me the blessings and i saw them i saw them thank you god he died doing what he loved the most riding the motorcycle he he could hardly walk but he could ride that motorcycle thank you god he died doing what he was he died with the person he loved the most i was on that bike i was severely injured but god wasn't ready for me so he was with me thank you god thank you god thank you god he died right at the scene Thank you, God. Had he lived even without the motorcycle accident? I mean, I can see hospice. I can see years of, or months of deterioration with all the diseases he had. God was, it was a gift that God said, come with me now. Come with me now. He might, you know, people say he was so young. What was it? What was it? Was was it the uh, tire that blew out? You know, the uh, the police and I don't know. There was a lot of people. Uh, It's not quite one hour. I'm getting there. For people who are watching their watch, I'm almost done. Um, I can't believe I'm talking this long. Um, uh, uh, See, I got sidetracked. Um, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Um, He. I don't know where I was. Oh. Thank you, God, because it's during our darkest times, our darkest times. And this says it in the uh, 12 and 12, our literature. It's in the um, 11th step. It's during our darkest times that we make our greatest strides towards God. I want to add if, if we are living a spiritual way of life. If I wasn't living the spiritual way of life, I would still still be in a fetal position. I would still be screaming for drugs to get me out of the pain. I would still be screaming for my husband, how come, how come? I don't question it. I look at it as a gift from God. I really haven't cried. I think feeling our feelings is highly overrated. Uh, I really do. I really do. Uh, A lot of people say we've got to feel our feelings. I don't believe that. I believe I do what the big book says. You know, look for this resentment, fear, so on. And when they crop up, we ask God at once, page 84, we ask God at once to remove them. So I want to say that I am a blessed woman. I hope you were able to keep track with me. I know that you did. I know that you did. Uh, I thank God for letting me just let go and let God give me the words and let Penny be Penny. You know, it's so much easier just to be who I am. I mean, it's, it's just so easy rather than being what I think you want me to be or what she wants me to be. And um, thank you, guys. And I always end with the same thing. And I'm actually turning the page because I had to write it down because I was fearful that I was going to forget it. Oh, my goodness. And I always say this. Well, first of all, thank you, God. Thank you, God. But thank God, not for opening up the gates of heaven and letting me in, but thank you, God, for opening up the gates of hell and letting me out because that's where I was. And today I am a free, happy, joyous, normal body size, spiritual woman. And I love you all. Please keep coming back. And I'm done. Thanks.
0: Penny, thank you so much for uh, such an inspiring story of hope. Um, Just to let everyone know, Penny's contact information will be provided at, uh, at the conclusion of the recording. And so now we're going to take this opportunity to open up uh, this uh, this meeting to any questions you may have for Penny. So please, um, before we get started, uh, you know, please remember to unmute your phone by pressing star one, and let let me uh, open it up. Who would like to ask Penny a question? Don't be shy. Press star one.
2: I could try to ask a question.
0: Sure, who's this? If
2: I can formulate it in my mind. Mary from New Jersey.
0: Hi, I'm Mary. Go right ahead.
2: Mary M. Uh, hi, everybody. It's Mary. And um, would you believe you were you so funny how many times you told us that you lost your place. And that is what's been happening to me. And We're about the yeah. same age. <laughs> so um, I just... Um, Penny, of course, it's Penny. Penny, um, my question is, um, you know, I'm so sorry about your loss. It was so interesting uh, how you um, talked about gratitude. So my question is, one, when your sponsor asked you to do this, was it just once you do it? I hear many people say that the first thing when they wake up in the morning, they say five Um, things of gratitude, Um, I basically have always been a very grateful person. People do say that about me, but never do I feel that I've had the extent of what you have. You have really shown by that list and that becoming that way of life you really prepared for the hardest thing, um, losing your husband. And so if you could speak more of that. And, you know, I work with bereavement. I know it's very important that the body, um, you know, that loss is the body's natural way when we lose somebody. But, um, again, I'm trying to formulate my words. But you have shown that in being grateful, you've changed insecure thoughts to secure thoughts. And... um, I'd like you to share anything more on that. And again, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Mary, and thank you for getting that I kept losing my place. But I did pretty good. I kept finding my way, so that's good. Um, Regarding gratitude, um, let me say that I have been doing this for a long time. Uh, Now with these new smartphones that I can dictate into, I just do a stream of – I dictate my food – You know, I put today's date on it or tomorrow's date on it. I put my food on there and then I dictate my gratitude. And I just go on and on. It's like a stream of consciousness. Uh, It's not just five. I just stop when I stop. And sometimes it, prints up totally different things, but God knows the gratitude that I have. And then when I read it to my sponsor, I just kind of skip over it and everything else. But uh, I try to look at the gratitude towards anything. I mean, if you call me up and you want to complain or whine or whatever about anything, I I really – I don't want to say I don't have time for it, uh, but I quickly say, okay, let's let's get to the solution. What are you grateful for? You know, this this is a bad situation, but let's be grateful for it because you're going to learn to trust in God on this. This is another fine growth opportunity. I just keep using the word gratitude. Thank you, God. I I just I repeat it really. I I thank you, God, for this uh, parking space, so on and so forth. As far as that list of one hundred. I'm not sure. I think it was just during a, a difficult time for me, and I did it, but I've given that to other people since then. One person actually told me that she did it three times, 300 things, and nothing was repeated. Uh, it's just a nice way to uh, to develop that attitude of gratitude, just keeping that going. You know, it, it can take you a week. It can take you two weeks, but just keep thinking about it. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's that's it.
0: Oh, th- thank you, Penny. Uh, who else has a question for Penny?
3: Laura W,
4: Teresa from Elizabeth. DC, Elizabeth, Jill T, no, Jill T from Pittsburgh.
0: Okay, this is. Let, let me give the lineup and then we'll pick it up from there. So I think I have Laura, followed by Teresa, Elizabeth, and I heard Jill. So why don't we start with those four? Uh, Laura, why don't you jump in?
3: Thanks, Larry. Good morning. This is Laura W, recovered compulsive eater and anorexic in South Jersey. Thank you, Penny. Gosh, I love you. Um, My question is, when you go through the big book with a sponsee, a newcomer, um, do you take them through the big book like we do in Vision for You, or do you um, have them read the first 164 pages and then get back to you when they're done reading? Uh, How do you take somebody through the steps if if you take somebody through the steps? Thanks.
1: Okay. Thanks, Laura. I love you, too. Uh, I don't take somebody through the steps like I've been taught to do on uh, the Vision For You, to be honest with you. Now we have an incredible uh, library, a treasure of, um, of recordings on the Vision For You website. And I often say, listen to this, listen to this one, listen to that one. I give them the name, I give them the date, I give them the code. Uh, I just don't have the patience, to be honest with you. I I just don't have, I don't know, to go through through that. Um, We discuss it. We talk about it. um, But that's how I do it. And we we go into each step, you know. We talk about the step. We discuss it, uh, you know. um, So in answer to your question, I do not read the book the way so many people do it on the line. But I do use the resources that are available to me.
0: Okay. Thanks so much, Um, Teresa. You're up. Teresa, press star one to unmute.
5: Hello, Penny E. This is Teresa A. from Washington D.C. Recovering compulsive overeater. And (laughs) (laughs) you should hi. Hi. You shared about um, the, the tragedy that happened with losing your husband in 2004 and how even in the midst of the chaos, you were able to stay focused on program and look for the blessings and, and appreciate all the love that was around you. And what I'm curious about was, did you at any point fear um, deal with fear and resentment afterwards or were you so steeped in program that it wasn't an issue? You were so in, into program that those things didn't come after you. The four horsemen didn't come after you even so after something like that.
1: Teresa, hi, honey. Uh, I never have had resentment. I have never had anger. I have never had, uh, uh, what's it called, re remorse that we shouldn't have been on that trip. I haven't haven't had it one time, not one time, but I have worked very hard at not having it. I actually, you know, was very injured myself, and I had to go to cognitive therapy and regular therapy, and the the therapist was trying to get me to cry. Feel your feelings. Feel this loss. And I wouldn't go there. I stopped my feet. I'm grateful. I don't want to go. I don't want to go there. You know, let me just be grateful. I'm happy as uh I don't know what. Uh I'm happy as a what? Fish in a pond. And uh and that's that's what I judge my life from. So thanks, Teresa.
5: Wow, thank you.
0: <laughs> thanks, Penny. Um okay, Elizabeth, you're up next.
3: Hi, uh Penny E. It's Elizabeth F in Canada. Um Just wondering about that feeling, your feelings stuff, because I was pretty locked up with my feelings and um, didn't really, like, part of the release that I got through step four and five was that I could at least acknowledge what I felt, like, when I felt sad and disappointed. Everything was covered up with anger before, and I don't know, like you said, feeling your feelings is, is not, it's overrated, but. That's your experience, and I just sort of want to pick up on what the previous caller's question was. Thanks. I thank
1: you for that. Um, I really do thank you for that, and I do need to say that this is my experience. Absolutely, I just pushed a button. Can you still hear me?
0: Absolutely. You're coming okay. through great.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for that reminder. This is absolutely my experience. This is what works for me. It's not the only way to interpret the big book. Uh, There's all different ways people do feel their feelings. I actually had a sponsee recently um, fire me because I did not allow her to feel her feelings. She said, there's a... whatever, there's a YouTube thing called Stop It, and I always recommended her to see it, to look at it. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. And she was so angry with me, she wanted to feel her feelings, and she fired me, and that's okay. She'll find a sponsor. who. Works. She's, she's recovered. You know, she's, she works in a different way than I do. So I thank you for saying that. This is what has worked for me. Uh,
0: Jill, so that, you're up next. Do you have a, oh, I'm sorry. Did, did that answer your question, Elizabeth?
4: Yeah,
0: okay, I guess well. so. okay, thanks so much, uh, Penny for answering that. Uh Jill, you're up next.
4: Okay, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, we can hear you. Okay,
4: great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this is Jill T. from Pittsburgh. I'm very, very grateful for the meeting this morning. Uh, my schedule has shifted so incredibly today, but yet what a wonderful thing to be able to get on to a phone meeting. Thank you, Penny, for um, sharing. One of the things, I, I gleaned so much out of this, and I only logged in like 20 minutes ago, so I didn't even get to hear the whole thing, but I'll hear it on recording. I love the idea of the choreography of God. That slows me down and says, hey, wait a minute, he doesn't have a whole line of events, bam, 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 bam. You know, like an obstacle course, I see like this whole line of orange cones in front of me and I've got to zigzag in and out through these cones. No, no, no. Choreography. He's just dancing. He's just flowing through my life. And I like that idea. Uh, God isn't ready for me yet. Wow, that is really cool too in that it answers, it, it, it causes me to focus where my feet are here today. Don't worry about the future. And just be here. Uh, I wrote down, thank you, God. Show me the blessing. blessing. Show me the blessing. Thank you, God. So I'm going to um, just in, you know, um, include that in my recovery. I love that uh, you said don't question it. Just thank Him. Just don't question it. I like that. It puts the brakes on what I'm thinking, what I'm panicking about, <laughs> and causes me to step back and say, okay, God's in this, because He's already choreographed it. Choreographed, choreographed it. Uh, also trade insecure thoughts for secure thoughts that is really good uh i'm i'm i like that i'm going to digest that one in that uh, i'm new to the big book i've been in oa for many years new to the big book only about a month and a half and very very grateful for that i'm coming up on day 50 50 meetings and 50 days and my goal is 90 and 90 um, I, I, and I like the idea that, you know, thanking God not only for opening the gates of heaven, but also opening the gates of hell and letting me out. Um, so, Penny, you've just been a real inspiration to me today, and I want to thank you for that. And I have so much to digest and uh, grateful for the meeting. And um, everyone have a great abstinent day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jill. Thanks so much. Um, so who else, who else has a question for Penny? Penny.
6: linda r hi linda sharon h
0: and then sharon anybody else okay well we'll pick up from there uh linda and then sharon
3: linda good morning linda R. recovered in north carolina thank you so much penny i really enjoyed your share i have a question you had said that when you get up in the morning you meditate you pray and then you ask god to remove your judgment and um some other things but i'm just curious like what do you do besides just asking i know the action of the steps but how do you remove judgment in your day um and things like you know the defects of character they, do they ever come up and when they come up do you just use the 10th on it i mean what which steps do you use for that thank you
1: thank you linda love the question so yes, they come up, they come up, they come up. Uh, I learned on, on this line, you know, no matter how long I've been doing this and how spiritual I want to get, or uh, I'm not going to rise about, above being human. So that's why we work this every single day. So yes, they come up, they come up, they come up. They don't last long. They really don't last long, usually less than 24 hours. So what do I do? Well, the directions, the precise directions are actually in the big book. I identify them. You know, it, it all comes under the, uh, the four basic ones. Um, and I do read this every single day on 86 when we retire at night, and I read on awakening every single morning. I do read that every single day. So it talks about in here, uh, were we resentful, selfish, dishonest or afraid all the character defects really come under that so if I'm judgmental if I'm judgmental the first thing I say is thank you God thank you God show me show me the blessing show me what I have to do I go to the sixth and seventh step and I am entirely ready to have God remove this defective character because it's getting in my way of my usefulness to him it's getting in my way and if I am not useful to him my purpose here on this earth then I am getting closer and closer to picking up food, and I don't want to go there today. So I have an ulterior motive. So I go to the sixth step. I am am entirely ready to have God remove this defective character. And if I can't do this myself, Linda, I think you said Linda, um, we call other people. You know, we need to do a 10-step. We need to talk about this. I, I like to do the 11-step with people. You know, ask these questions. Have we kept something to ourselves? which should be discussed with another person? But specifically to your question. And then I get on my knees. God, please take this judgmentalness. Please take this judgmentalness. And then the big book tells us exactly what to do. Um, we, go, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately. Make amends if we've harmed anyone. And the amends, if they may not know that we've judged them, but we've harmed them. We've harmed ourselves. It's a disrespect to God, you know. So we make that amends by stop doing it. And the way we do that is it says we, we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance is our code. Whatever we think about is going to get bigger. Whatever we think about is going to get bigger, all I forget how we learned it. All behavior, all thoughts are I don't know born and thought. I don't know how that goes. But anyway, I'll talk about what I do now. Um, uh, oh, and I got sidetracked. Um, so okay, so whatever we think about gets bigger. So I can meditate on she's you know she insulted me and she didn't pay me back the money. Blah, blah, blah. Or, with God's help, I can actually change that thought. You know, let me look at her good qualities. Let me, uh, she, you know, she's so nice. She does such a great job. She's part of the team. Everybody has good parts and bad parts. If I concentrate on the good part, the good part's going to get bigger. You know, if I have to just forget about her and start writing my gratitude list, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, I had hot water today. Thank you, God. Food is not an option for me today. Anything. But it takes practice, 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 and the help of God.
0: Great. Uh, Sharon, you're up.
5: Thank you so much.
7: Uh, Penny E., it's so wonderful to hear you. This is Sharon H. in Colorado. And I started listening to this meeting in July of 2012. And you were one of the ones that I called. And, you know, I was, oh, gosh, this was bad and that was bad and everything was bad. And you took me right to the big book. And um, acceptance is the answer. And if there's something, uh, you know, if I'm out of whack, then, you know, something's wrong with me. And that's the one thing that I can do something about if I'm willing to follow these precise instructions, so I just want to thank you, thank you for being on the line today, and I just loved when you used to share, "I yi, 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 <laughs> because I just know that was me, ay, yi, 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 you know, and it's not about me at all. And God bless you for um, just everything you've shared today. And, you know, judgmental thing, that's still something that creeps up. So I am going to add to that. I mean, immediately do what the big book tells me i got to do there. But to have that moment to say, oh, thank you, God. Show me the blessings. Show me the blessings. There's a reason you keep showing me this, and only you can make it go away if i'm willing to see it for what it is and thank you for it because that's how you begin to do um renew that old mind of mine and um i don't know if i have a question all i can say is i just hope i hear you on the line more often and uh thank you so much for taking the time to be there today and what a gift to hear you god bless you
1: <laughs> god bless you i wish you could hear my smile all of you thanks Sharon love you too <laughs>
0: Thanks so much for uh for the comments everybody. Uh who else has a question or a comment uh in this case for Penny? Press star 1. Penny F. Penny and anybody else?
6: It's Katie. S.
0: And then Katie. Okay, let's start with Penny uh Penny and then Katie. Penny.
6: Hi, my name's Penny F. Uh thank you so much Penny. Uh I really really truly Enjoyed your share um, It was I'm really believed that everything happens for the good and when I struggle with that sometimes I heard that today in your message and uh, I am so grateful to be in recover in recovery today and what I do know is the, the less judgment that I have the more compassion I have for people and I wondered if you felt that same way too um, I don't know. It's only been a couple of years since I really felt that everything happens, no matter what it is, is for the common good. And I'm really, really. I'd like to know uh, how you found that in your life and how you could turn your life over at such a tragic time, you know, and do that. So thanks,
1: Penny. Now there are three of us. That's great. I- I'm not sure of the question. Can you can you just
4: give me the question again?
6: Yeah, I just wondered when you found, like, how did you come to this um, conclusion that everything happened for the good and just trusted God completely?
1: I don't have an answer for that. I can just say that it evolved. It just happened. Uh, Just by studying this book and working the steps and talking to recovered people and um it just it just happened God God gave me what I needed when when I needed it and not a moment before not one moment before um there's also something you know this is a big book meeting but there's a wonderful Saint Francis prayer in another piece of our literature and when I feel judgmental of people it's very nice just to remember that they're human too it's better to love than be loved it's better to understand and be understood You know, if uh, somebody is rude to me, um, instead of, you know, answering them back with rudeness, you know, love and tolerance is my code. Thank you, God. Let me understand that maybe they're having a, uh, a difficult day. Maybe they had a problem this morning. Maybe, you know, they're to understand rather than be understood. It's a wonderful prayer, you know, to get me out of myself. So thanks, Penny F.,
0: uh, yeah, thank you. Who knew we had all these pennies, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, Katie, you're up.
1: I would like to ask you. Now that you have been recovered, and I found out something very, very, very special about this this time of being very consciously recovered. And are you always selective as you start the day who you get? together with who you speak to. That's, that's a question. I did not hear that. You are very muffled. Could you repeat you know, the I, question?
0: I, yeah, I heard. tell me, if Katie, if this is, was your, your question. It seemed like, yeah, it was a little tough to hear you. She was wondering if you're kind of selective, you know, in who you talk to and so forth and starting your day. and that's. Does that make sense? I think that's what, Katie, is that? Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Am I selective? Um, I don't think I'm selective, but I know that I don't think I'm selective. Uh, I call my sponsor. You know, uh, I call newcomers. I call people who are in relapse. Uh, I don't think I'm selective at all. But when I when I want to work the program, uh, and I'm not talking about the 12-step, of course. Um, that says we have to do this in all our affairs. But uh, when I want to, when I'm having a problem or something, I certainly talk to somebody who uh, has, been, who is recovered, and who knows the big book, and can direct me to a spiritual solution. I want spiritual solutions when I'm in trouble.
0: Right. I hope uh, I have answered you. Yeah, I think th- Penny. I think you answered that pretty well. Um, who else would like to to jump in, and does anyone else have a question uh for Penny?
3: Hi, this is Jane
0: Jane. Anybody else? Okay, Jane, why don't you jump right in?
3: Okay, great thanks. hi. this is Jane B from Florida. uh, thank you so much, Penny. I thoroughly enjoyed every every word that you've spoken, and um, I love that you work a real practical Program of recovery, you actually utilize the steps, not just talking and reading, and um, everything you've said has shown me that it's about like you said, practice, practice, practice. I'd like you to speak a little bit about how important the first step might is in your program, in that um, the disciplines of what you need to do as and how that is, how does that relate to you staying recovered and. Staying in fit spiritual condition or is it a is it as a result of working this stuff that it just fell into place or i'm I'm trying to simplify the question do, do did it come out correct? I just maybe speak on the disciplines of the first step and how how would, um, how that works in your life
1: well The first step, I don't know, is disciplines. I'm not sure that that is disciplines. To me, the first step is uh, how I know I'm powerless, you know, how I know I'm powerless over the food um, and that my life has become unmanageable. And that was the list of all the things that I had tried Um, as far as the disciplines when my uh, I do have discipline with my food, with God's help. I couldn't do it with God's help because I had tried it many times prior to that and it never worked. But with God's help, um, the disciplines with my food, if that's what you're talking about, is I have a specific food plan. I do not deviate it no matter what. Even when I couldn't eat after my accident, I never skip a meal either, ever. And when I couldn't actually open my mouth because I had... Uh, whatever I had couldn't Uh, I had baby food my people the people that were around me who filled my house and my refrigerator and everything brought me you know baby peas for my starch and I measured it out they bought me uh, baby applesauce and I measured it out they brought me all baby foods strains and, and whatever and so I didn't deviate I just didn't deviate uh, when I have to deviate like for a colonoscopy, um, I have a plan with my sponsor you know it 's planned i, I don 't do anything with my food without first discussing somebody, but the other disciplines that I do, of course, is is uh, living these twelve steps every single day, starting with prayer and meditation every morning, more and more throughout the day, at the end of the day, uh, you know trying to help people, living that twelve step. Uh, there are disciplines in that area that I do every day. I, I don't skip it. You know, the tools are something that I grew up with in this program. You know, that I still do today. I make calls and I I don't do writing, but well, maybe I do because I write my gratitude. But now I dictate it with a smartphone. But um, there are certain disciplines, and and that has to do with working the steps.
0: Thanks for the for the question, Jane. Uh, who else has a question for Penny? This morning. Okay. Well, uh, last call here. If anyone else has a question for Penny, uh, please press star one. Hi, Faye.
7: Hi, good morning, Faye in Miami.
3: Can you speak to, Penny, thank you for your service. It was excellent hearing you this morning. Uh, can you speak to the fact that you're with one sponsor for 20 years? How did that work?
1: <laughs> well, I came in a long time ago, and uh, we worked the program in a different way back then than we, than a lot of the people are doing today. Um, how does that work? She is abstinent. She's recovered. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have a term now that she, I sponsor her and she sponsors me. But you know what? I have more than one. She's the person that I choose to uh, give my food to and uh, give my gratitude to, and we talk. and she's a dear, dear friend. She's one of the people that flew down to Georgia in the drop of the second to come get me. Um, but uh, what were they going to say? How does that work? Um, but I have lots of sponsors. You know, that particular sponsor, that person is is in one character of my life. When I have problems with money or something like that, I call one person. Last night I was suffering with fear, 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 perfectionism. I knew who to call for that and we knocked it down real quick. Boom, boom, boom. So I don't have a sponsor. There's a lot of different people out there who who uh, help me. It takes a village. It takes a village. So I don't even know the sponsors the word. Um, you know, she this my sponsor, none of these people took me through the big book. None of these people. So, um I don't know. That's that that's the deal. It works. It just works.
0: Thanks for the question, Faye. Uh is that, anybody else wanna jump in? Chrissy? Chrissy. Chrissy M.
5: Hi, Larry. Chrissy
0: M. Hi. Jump right in.
5: Sure. Um, thank you so much, Penny. And I was thinking, all well, these pennies are pennies from heaven. <laughs> 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 I was, I, I, um, I have a situation that I'm dealing with in my life, and it's a, it's a, it's a big one. And I, I, I let it go, and I pick it back up, and I let it go, and I pick it back up. And I'm just, I'm just having a hard time getting, getting down to the heart of the matter. You know, like you said with the perfectionism, you were able to knock it down, boom, boom, boom. Well, when there's a big, like a real juicy one, what, what length, in And over the course of your recovery, have you had one that really took a lot of time and a lot of work, work, and a lot of seeking different people to deal with? in order for it to get knocked down, and how did you go about doing that? And so, thank you. Mm
1: -hmm. I'll give you my number if you want to call me and we'll try and knock it out. I would love to. That's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I think you've already set yourself up for a very difficult uh, haul. You know, it's a big, big, big one. It's going to take a long, 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 long time. I don't even go there. You know, it's all, it's the same. They're all fine growth opportunities and uh, it doesn't have to take a long time you know what we what we say and what we believe is what we create and so if your food is down if your food is down and you're working a program of recovery if you're working a spiritual program of recovery uh you know i i think the steps are in 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 order for a reason uh you know people Sometimes I, I get a call sometimes and people are in the food and they want to know why you know, there's still this and there's still that. Well, the food has to be down before we can be approached. The food has got to be down before we're approached. So um, anyway, give me a call and uh, I will be happy to talk with you about that. I, I will. I will, Penny. Thank you. Okay.
0: Thanks for the question, Chrissy. Uh, so we'll have a final call. Last call for questions, then we're going to wrap up.
1: And Lally, I would like to give my phone number.
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to. uh, We can give that uh, after we wrap up here, after the recorded portion, if that's okay. Sure, thank you. Okay, great. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Penny. Any other last uh, call for questions? Okay, well, I just wanna—we all want to thank you so much, Penny. It just a I different have a inspiring story. Oh, okay, sure. Who's this?
3: Hi, my name Hi. is Margie from Florida, and i just happy to got in. But I wanted to hear a, a spiritual way of when I heard her say discipline and discipline uh, when you put the food down. But when you were outside of the world where there's so many commercial, you're doing service, you're doing mission workers, who and how do you detach from them? And I'm struggling with this. I have a sponsor. I call. I participate in meetings, but it's just like there are moments I
1: relapse. Well, again, it takes practice. It takes planning. I don't go any place that has food without my own food. You know, if it's a buffet, I take my own food. That food is not mine. It's the same as, uh, I don't know, Something terrible dog do it's not for me uh, God has removed from me the obsession to eat I, I just I don't have it I don't want it I recoil as if from a hot flame um, which is really a hidden promise in the big book I do recoil I, I it's just not for me um, so how do you deal with it with prayer with prayer with God, we can do anything. God is huge. Nothing, 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 in my opinion, is bigger than God. And with prayer, God, please, just help me get through this situation. Uh, if you can, if you have to not go, don't go. You know, uh, if I'm abstinent and uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to get through a situation, obstinately, if I feel, you know, uh, weak, I don't go. I mean, this is life and death for me. I may not have the chance to get abstinent again. I may not be able to put down the food again. So first things first, you know, you protect it as if I protect mine as if it were a newborn baby, even after all these years, even after all these years. So with God, with God, with
6: God.
0: Thanks, Margie. Okay, this will be the last um, question if there's uh, anyone. thank you margie for your question and penny for answering it um is there one more call we can take one more uh, question uh if, if anyone would like to take that opportunity press star one for one more i don't know penny i think you Sounds like you you answered them all. (laughs) That's great. I do appreciate. Uh, We we, we thank you so much, Penny, for sharing uh, your story. It was very inspiring. And uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to end, and we will give Penny's contact information out uh, at the end of the recorded portion coming right up here. Uh, So I'm going to end the meeting. um, And again, thank you, Penny. And I will read from page 164 in the big book.